0: Australian Hunger, I'm your host Ben. On today's episode i have got an interview with Jeff Becerra, a very, very special interview, because he's of legendary death metal band Possessed. They're releasing a new album, and some of you might be thinking, "Hey, on, didn't they break up after those two albums? Yes, and about 10 years ago, Jeff Becerra and a bunch of new musicians, and has been playing shows ever since, and has now finished off a third album. Um, that's soon to come, but before then, I want to talk a bit about Neil Young. And you may be thinking, why, you t- <laughs> why the fuck are you talking about Neil Young? Because he's releasing a book later this year called Feel the Music, A Songwriter's Quest to Save High Quality Audio. And that's something that I'm kind of interested in no, not personally. I don't listen to as much high quality audio as perhaps I'd like to in the kind of way that I never consume enough things that I really want to partly I kind of fear that maybe I don't quite have the ear for it anymore or if it did but that's perhaps another issue. I find this really fascinating because like so many things that I talk about it all comes down to the rise of companies which deal with technology and their distribution of things in a digital format. So when you had a CD you kind of had a not master quality but a like a version which has more quality than the one you get on an mp3 even the biggest mp 3s because they're they're lossy they lose something in the conversion from the cd to the file format you can get various different other file formats including flack which has less lossy they're called lossless um and, and so you've got all these different file formats that are available and what most people consume is through streaming and, and stuff like that, which is lossy. It's 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 using a lossy file, or at least the how it's sent to them is lossy. This is something that's also come up in a podcast that I've been listening to lately, The Important Cinema Club. So they're, they're one of the things they were talking about, and I can't remember whether it was last week or last month or last year because I've been going through the back catalogue, What well, one of the things they were talking about was the conversion from film to digital and the fact that that process hasn't quite been tuned properly and that they're the, the destroying the original prints of movies, which means we're we're losing something. That the, they can no longer they no longer have those original copies and that, that quality that's in those original copies. And that's something I really fear, and it, it's something that I don't know why could really happen because the promise of the digital age is that we you know have the ability to digitize things. Digital is forever. All good. And, but that's not what's happening. There's a couple of different things. One, I think there may be a loss. I don't necessarily know if that's audio, but there, there can be a loss in the transference purely from a physical medium to a digital medium. And then there's the destruction of the original physical mediums, either because they have been stored in incorrect conditions or the companies just destroy them. I'm not sure about how widespread that is in the music industry, but it seems like it's a definite concern, especially with older films in the film industry, Um, just not destroying prints just because they take up a lot of room. And that's part of the problem, is that even though theoretically it could be done, there's no real incentive for companies to preserve these original prints because it takes up a lot of storage space, Um, the transference and having it a digital copy can take up a lot of storage space as well, because you know it 's such a vast i believe file, and so we 're kind of in this weird world where theoretically you know we we should <laughs> we, we don 't have the issues that they had back in the day of of losing manuscripts you, losing all the copies of the manuscripts you know we, we don 't have the original gospels we don 't have so many works of so many great thinkers and i I just assumed you know that it would be different these days that no there wouldn't be an issue but there still is this problem of preserving the original quality of original media productions and i think i think that's so important because you may not know necessarily know the difference between an mp3 at 320 or a flac file but there's so, i feel like there's just such value in preserving the highest quality versions of any any media product that we have because there's there's nuance there and it'd be shame for nuance to be lost I I don't know if I can make like a proper claim like hey this is a benefit to you I feel like it's a tragedy to lose something like that an absolute tragedy Jeff Bezzaro Possessed I had a chat with him about their new album being released on the 10th of May it's called Revelations of Oblivion their first one in 33 years which is Pretty incredible. And perhaps one of the greatest gaps between albums of all time. He he loves to talk, so I didn't get many questions in, but it it is interesting to hear someone who has such a history, has such experience, just uh, hear his perspective on things. So, without further ado, Jeff Bissette of Possessed. So, it's always hard to kind of figure out where to start with a band like possessed um maybe the best place would be to talk a little bit about the history of the band from about two thousand and seven to now. why do you want to get the band back together and and how's the has that proceeded along the last ten or so years?
1: Well, I mean, I always wanted to get the band together since the first guys quit, but then I got shot twice and like i i i um Like I say, I don't want to say the same thing to everybody in Australia, but it makes sense that like if a person's hungry, they're not going to be reading a book, you know, and if you're ripped and shattered and torn apart, all fucked up, you know, from some catastrophic uh, injury, you got to put back the the core foundational components and kind of rebuild that broken Chinese jigsaw puzzle. So the way I did that was first just to let myself completely fall apart for five years, and then to go to college, you know, you know, make A's and get on the honor societies and do all that. And then, of course, I'd always wanted to um, have kids. So I, you know, I, I did things like any good red blooded American, I, we got pregnant, we got married, and we got pregnant again. And um, in that order. And, uh, and so, you know, and, you know, I, you know, between, you know, college really, like, gave me back that self esteem. And you know stuff I really needed that I'd lost and or were broken temporarily, and so once I got you know, you know eventually you, you know my wife or, or ex-wife are really great friends and we divorced amicably and you know and, and then I felt like I was ready you know like and um, started working on possessed. I got that offer from Sinister Content to go and um, they were producing this. Um, uh, this Possessed Tribute album, which is really fucking cool, has like Cannibal Corpse and Amon Amarth and, you know, um, Vader and just a whole bunch of really cool bands playing Possessed songs. And so this intent was covering um, The Exorcist, one of our songs, and they asked me to do guest vocals on it. And so uh, they were a really cool band. They played drop B and so I did really low vocals, kind of more traditional death metal and are more modern traditional not california og but and so that was really fun and then we ended up they said you know uh like um hey you, you want to do like uh three songs at the end of our set in hollywood on this night this gig this gig they had like three gigs and one of them was the first one was the gathering of the beastial legions and uh i i um I went and I uh, I went and did the last three songs as sort of an encore, you know, and uh, and the crowd went fucking nuts. Like it was like it was biblical, like fucking crazy. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, that's when I really started considering it. Like, because I did not know whether the whole wheelchair thing would fly, you know, because back in my day, we were pretty critical. I think that that, as as it sounds, I think as much as people want to criticize the world, I think the world is like really became a lot more accepting and not so fucking hypercritical you know other than you know the fucking haters on the net which you know there'll always be those kind of keyboard warriors but i mean in real life like people don't so much like judge people like they used to you know like like i mean in in the 60s you know i was born in the 60s and so you know that's you know martin luther king in vietnam and Muhammad Ali was going to jail for being a Muslim and, you know so we I've seen things progress and, and grow and and, uh, and so I, I guess it was just you know like it's, it's amazing because I thought I would get a lot more shit and fucking hate and believe me I get a lot of hate for being in a wheelchair but but uh, you know 99% of the people fucking dig it and don't give a fuck they, they see the man and the music rather than just focus like a dumb fuck on the chair you know and so, um, anyway, I got lost there in an angry tirade of self-loathing. And, uh, no, I'm just kidding. And uh, so, uh, yeah, so then we toured Sadistic, and and that came came to a head on the, we did, we toured with Danzig in the Blackest of the Black tour. We did Wacken, and like, I don't know, I forget, forget what year that was, but that was fucking cool. It was like 110,000 people there, and it was really emotionally charged. That's when I really, really knew I wanted to come back and really, really also knew that I had to put a real possess together because, you know, drop tuning, as cool as it is, it's more modern and possesses 440 for life, four strings for life, no picks on bass, uh, and playing the, the fucking actual music absolutely perfect, right, correct, which was always important. And so um, I, I, me and Emilio split off and branched off from Sadistic and really started working on finding just the right components and you know possessed that like 25 members and uh, and um, you know and it's weird because like I always ask people and I'm not saying this in a mean way or a condescending or anything but it's just kind of a fun question that speaks volumes is can you name me one band that's been around over three decades with all foundational members
0: mm, are you I- Probably. I don't think so.
1: Come on, there has to be one. Because I'm held to this standard every fucking day, right? So, it's crazy. Like, it just doesn't work that way. Music does not work that way. No man's work that way. You know what I mean? No people even work that way. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's hard to find married couples that have been together for 30 years. More or less fucking, you know, because it is kind of like being married to four ugly women, you know, being in a band. But, no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it just, You know what what a band leader like me does is i like i'll keep trying people and people will either hate me or like me or love me and i'll either you know like i love everybody i don't give a fuck and i don't get on people's case if they're doing their job but what happens a lot is people want to go back to their normal lives they they feel that you know they might jump in thinking oh it's possessed i'm gonna make some fucking quick cash and be a rock star and it's not how music or life works. You have to, like, we're, I always say Possessed is a very blue collar underground band. Like 99.999% of the world has no fucking clue who Possessed is because we're death metal, you know, and we're a cult band. And, you know, while people in the know know Possessed, like, a lot, most people have no idea who we are. So, so it's an uphill climb and, you know, it's fun. Like, I love the feeling that I'm just starting out every day, like even after, you know, 36 or whatever years, 37 years, well, whatever from 79 till now, me and Larry hooked up in Blizzard and uh, not hooked up, but connected as musicians in Blizzard in 79. And, and so whatever, how many years it is from then to now. And I always feel like every day is like just the very first day and the rest of possessed, you know, so it's been cool. And so, you know, you know, Eventually, after going through several guitarists, I I found Dan through his girlfriend, who was a friend of mine that I used to chat with on Facebook. She's like, my my boyfriend's a really good guitarist, and but he'd never really been in any bands of any uh, noteworthy bands that I heard of or, or anything. Since a band called Nailshaker, but as it turns out, he Dan just went to college to be an engineer and producer. Sat around playing his fucking guitar all the time. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh my god, like the best guitarist I've ever played with, you know. And uh, he's like like a thunderstruck bolt of lightning. Came and knew 18 songs, perfect, like better than any member of Possessed has ever played them. And I was like, oh my god, this dude's fucking amazing. Like you have to see him to believe him. And then uh, and then we found Robert. Well, we were using Tony Campos, you know, was one of the founding members of Static X, and he's an assassino with uh, Emilio, my drummer. So we were jammed with him on bass for a while, but then he got the soul offer, which is, you know, it's soul fight. So he, she had to play with, um, soul fight. And, uh, Robert was always kind of hanging in the wings and, you know, and, um, or like the backup backup. But then I gave Robert a try. I don't know why I didn't try Robert out a long time ago, but, um, I, he's this fucking amazing base player. he sounds, he sounds a lot like me, but I always say with more modern equipment to save my ego. You know, like he's fucking like me but we're really really good and uh, and um, and then lastly we just found recently a few years ago is Claudius Kramer and um, and the way I found him was I sent out like 30,000 social media contacts like who's the best guitarist you know and over 100 people replied back with Claudius Kramer or Scooby you know his nickname and so I called him up like they gave me his number Cole called him he was like, uh, yeah, yeah. So I flew him out to, to LA and tried him out. He was another one of those fucking guitarists, like where the fuck have you been all my life, right? Like, And everybody's so cool, everybody's well-connected. We're like, we think of each other as brothers and our family, well, you know, get along really well. And, uh, you know, we pretty much die for each other. We're, we're fucking really tight, you know. We have that very unique bond that's taken me almost 40 years to find what he says. So, yeah. That's that's why um, that's just one of the many reasons why bands change members and, you know, you grow and you you define yourself. It's like it's like as a band leader, like making a sculpture, you know, you, every little piece you chip off or add on is um, is part of the process. You know? But I feel like I hope this 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 lineup now for this album never changes. Of course, I almost never get what I want, you know, so I'm always waiting for that other shoe to drop, you know, so, but hopefully it never changes.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, In terms of this latest album, talk a little bit about, you know, obviously it's been a while, 33 years since the last one. Talk a bit about why you wanted to do it, um, how you went about writing it, kind of your general approach and thoughts about making an album so long after the last one.
1: Uh, Well, like anything, it's a process we've been, um, we wanted to really not only, you know, wear the skin of the old possessed, but, you know, just dominate it and own it. And so we we toured the old albums, the first two on the EP, for like 11, 12, 13 years, I forget, since early 2006, 2007. So, you know, by the time we started writing this album, we weren't it wasn't like some rendition of possessed. It was more possessed and possessed, you know. And so um once we had that, we were like you know, we started talking about, you know, let's show you know, I started saying, Guys, we gotta write new songs. And I remember speaking with Dan and the guys. Dan, uh, who I we co write a lot of songs together, the music. Um, he's like, Well, we don't know Yeah, how is the world going to, you know, will they even connect with the new possessed and, you know, possessed is so culty. Like, are people willing to handle it? Can they handle it? I'm like, yeah, you don't understand. Possessed fans are like intuitive and super like hyper intelligent. You know, like, like almost nerdy in a good way. Like, cause I kind of, kind of think of myself as kind of a nerd in a cool way, I guess. But, but like, like, we, it's like, like it seems like i don't like yeah like fans are supporters i like call them supporter because your fans is kind of i don't mean i don't i, don't, I want to be as pc They're the people that come to the shows and pay our fucking bills uh and uh and it's really important that you put shit out that they like or it will be soul crushing and it will feel like a horrible failure and ruin my life you know so so you have to you know that's it's like, look, no net, you know, like, so t- to to take a trip across that tightrope, like we wanted to do something that really stand, stood out and was was valid, not only valid, but, you know, like kind of bold in a statement and had something new and exciting to offer and tried to widen the, 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 the fringes of, of what is considered death metal because what, what I, of course, I know there's everything from, folk death metal, the fucking Viking, the fucking melodic. And, you know, I don't really believe in subgenres of a subgenre, of a subgenre, but I, I believe it's all death metal. And and like all these bands out here playing death metal, you know, make death metal that much more possible to do whatever the fuck you want, whenever the fuck you want to do it. And however the fuck you want to do it. Because I mean, we played death metal, we, we invented death metal originally as like an outlet because, we always notice there's this invisible line that no bands would ever cross for some reason. And it just seems so obvious. Like, why do they always stop like right short of the fucking orgasm, you know? Like it's like it's like a cheese, you know. And so possessed was were the first guys that I ever hooked up with that were willing to just blow past that fucking imaginary line and fucking throw up the horns, six six, six, hell fucking Satan and fucking just popcorn machine drums, cookie monster vocals and just fucking really go for it, go for it, you know, and I don't want to lose my way here, but I I noticed that a lot of bands were just buttonholing themselves, like, cookie cutters, like, oh, it's only death metal if you have this, 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 and this, and I was like, what the fuck, like, I've been going a long time, and, and, like, I know this sounds, like, so, like, uh, like, I'm fucking, my head is exploding, or, like, some, like, really pretentious bullshit, but it, It's true, like, to me, it's like, I hate to see people, like, set such strict rules. Like, people are still calling us a thrash band, even though, like, we literally invented or were the first death metal band. Yeah, of course, death metal, all death metal has some thrashy and black metal components. And if you want to look at it that way, like, but anybody who's been into death metal, like, knows death metal when they hear it, like, of whatever form. You don't have to even say death metal. There's just... It's like a certain tune and frequency, but, well, I mean, for the most part, but at the same time, I don't think there should be any rules. And I also wanted, instead of, uh, you know, when we put out seven churches, I don't think it's wrong to say that it was apples to oranges different than anything else. It was very much a unique brand of music. There was nothing else like it on the planet. We were the heaviest man on the planet for you know, at least you know, a year or two and uh, but people caught on really quickly to that style and it really blew up really fast and so i didn't want to just try to out heavy it i call that the race to the bottom you know where everybody's trying to be heavier than the next guy until it just turns into a fucking white noise and you know fucking nuns with fucking barbed wire crosses or something and uh i wanted to like do something with like you know more musicality and uh and trying to to broaden in the range on my vocals and kind of mess with that and I actually pronounce my words. And so again, just like Seven Churches, I had no idea. I remember thinking people are either gonna like this or love it or just really hate it, you know? And and I, with Seven Churches, I thought, people probably aren't ready for this. I love it, but, but I, you know, we're probably gonna get a lot of hate, you know? And, and uh, but so far, I mean, like um, the vast majority of people have been saying that they really enjoy this album. And, you know, it's not just, you know, kicking a dead horse or a revamp or some, like, retro bullshit. It's looking forward and and showing Possessed as kind of a band of the future rather than one of the past. Mm, mm,
0: mm definitely, definitely. Um, the limited time I've got left here. One one thing that kind of interests me, um, I'm not sure how to phrase this, so, so correct me if I'm sort of phrasing it wrong but like obviously with you being in a wheelchair like there's a very different approach to being on a on a live stage talk, talk a little bit about how you approach that
1: uh, it's like anything you're just sitting down like it's, it's actually you know there's a you know the breathing is different because you know you I'm paralyzed from like the, the tits down the chest down so uh I have a, you know, uh, the bullet sticking on the inside of my spine, you know, so they can't be too invasive to take it out. So I have a piece of lead just stuck on the inside on T3. So like, it's harder to inhale. So like I've learned little tricks. I take, you know, like little breathing tricks and I kind of have to lean forward. But sometimes if it's a strong night, I can lean back and just do little tricks, like grab the front of my chair and uh, or grab the side of my leathers or, like hold on to something and just belt it out and but it's also a a lot more freeing because it's too cumbersome to play bass i'd have to wear a mic headset you know which would look really dumb and uh and i wouldn't be able to roll around and like give any sort of real show so that's even though i still play guitar and bass I it didn't make sense for me to do that because then i'd be really stuck it'd be really cumbersome and so just singing it frees up a lot of um, headspace for um, as much as I didn't really think about singing and playing with the old possessed. I think a lot more about, you know, every syllable that I sing now. And uh, I try to put a lot more into it, you know, because, you know, you know, I don't want to just be that guy yelling over good music and fucking it up. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, I don't know. It's some different breathing techniques. And, I mean, for the first year and a half after I got shot, they gave a like a breathing tube like uh, to open an airway and incubate and, and to get oxygen to me. And that tube fucked up my vocal box where I couldn't sing for like a year and a half at all. Like I could barely even make a noise. So I had to like retrain my voice and I had no distortion for a year and a half. And then one day after like yelling like a freak in my shower for Five years I got my voice back, or like a year and a half, and probably at the end of the fifth year, fucking literally just you know, rolling around my house. I lived alone for five years, like a crazy man, and uh, just yelling and yelling and yelling until I finally got some voice back, and uh, and then you know, then try to improve on on the old, you know, voice. And you know, I don't know, I, th- I think I, you know, I we just kind of want to show you know that possesses advancing forward rather than just trying to relive some glory days where we're actual like veteran musicians you know we were kids back on the first album but you know we're like men now and, and we're going to put a, a you know a man's effort in, as bad as that sounds so we're going to you know be the real deal and show people that you know that we are entertaining you know or hopefully they'll be entertained. you know and, uh, and just try to do the best we can you know, for the, our supporters out there
0: mm-hmm. um, and just finally um, I believe you're coming to Australia after uh, so, so long
1: yeah yeah we're thinking about coming out in 2020 nothing for sure yet it's tentative but it's a definite maybe you know and yeah I would say like I'm like 90% sure I'm going to be out there and so um, I think we're going to hit a Australia, and New Zealand, and um, I've always been dying to go out there because y'all are like cool people, and you know, I don't know. I I just always wanted to go to Australia, and, uh, but like, yeah, I'm still like painfully ignorant of what Australia is. I know I've watched y'all you know, like the nature shows on on the TV, and but you know, I know it's a whole world like Europe or anywhere else like. It's a whole over there, and I want to experience that, because that's something I've never... It's one of the last two continents I have to go to before I've been all seven.
0: That was Jeff Becerra of possess Thank you for him for sparing the time for me. I really appreciate it. Um, before I let you go, I want to make a recommendation. While we're on the topic of classic death metal, one one death metal album, maybe it's not the best. Actually, I definitely know it's not the best. <laughs> I, I know that for a fact. This band has got other better albums. But one album which really comes to me, I think this just maybe be the, the fact that they're one of the first death metal bands that I discovered, is Cannibal Corpse' debut album, Eden Back to Life. I, I don't know if I can recommend it in any qualitative sense, in that it's the fastest, the heaviest, the first... Um, the most brutal, because I don't know if it's any of those things. But I I love that album. There's just a certain qualities that I love about that album. Particularly, I feel like Chris Barnes at times had a poetry about him, even if it was kind of perverse and absurd. Like, like a lot of those albums, it really is... I, I feel like this album is like one of the last gasps of thrash metal you can hear this tiniest little influence of thrash metal in the album and then after this, like death metal kind of in general goes a very different way. So I would recommend going listen to all the the bands, all the early death metal bands. Um I mean death. I probably I probably would recommend death even more to be honest, because there they there's a lot more of interest in that band but Cannibal Corpse for me I think always holds a special place in my heart if you want to get in contact you can catch me on social media AusHunger that's A-U-S hunger on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram you can send me an email AustralianHunger at gmail.com if you want to comments, questions, thoughts if you're interested in you maybe we can set something up until next time thanks for listening, bye